0: Hello, and welcome to the Circle Five podcast. My name is Mallory Patrick Pollard. I'm an artist living in Los Angeles, California. Circle Five is a podcast dedicated to conversations with artists and creative professionals where we discuss the topic of work, life, and creative balance. From my personal experience, I believe that there are five different circles of relationships or circles of social interaction that exist inside the life of every artist. I'm curious to know how my guests manage them in their day-to-day lives. As always, I feel so fortunate to speak with artists who are longtime friends or new acquaintances. And for this episode, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Teddy Udane, He is an actor and puppeteer from New York, New York. Teddy, how you doing? Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you and to talk with you. And I'm so excited. I am too, man. And I geez, you're the first guest officially that I've had from our hometown. Uh, and that's usually where I start is with the meet cute story of how do we know each other. And I will jump in and just say, this is such fantastic trivia. Teddy Udane <laughs> and I grew up literally four houses away from each other on White Birch Lane in Stamford Connecticut and Teddy I'll let you share your thoughts on this but we've both agreed over the years that it's one of the biggest regrets of our life that we literally could have been best friends like our own sitcom best friends but I still love and appreciate our friendship so yeah what's been your impressions of knowing me that's a weird question to ask
1: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it is yeah deepest regret is that growing up I didn't really know that there were other kids on the block around my age and so yeah deepest regret is that like yeah we could have been like living living the dream uh of like getting into adventures and i don't know like throwing sticks at stuff uh and i don't know uh, stepping in creeks and (laughs) um but uh, yeah, I mean, like, I think that I, I mean, some of my f- uh, first distinct memories of meeting you are in the high school marching band. And, uh and I, I I think it was specifically when you were like, on the journey to become the drum major, you were so dedicated. And everyone was like, you know, everyone was talking about it. they're like, Oh, Mal, Mal's gonna be Mal's gonna oh, be the drum God. major. Like, he's got it. He's like, he's this, he's that it was just I mean, I was there for like the, the election campaign. Yeah. Uh, like,
0: <laughs> that's so fantastic. And yeah, that's, you know, that was something I was gonna bring up. And I'm so glad you did that. I love how we share kind of a creative journey in some ways we ended up going to the same elementary school so i'll quickly jump in and say my this first actual visual memory of you and your sister cat who i would love to have on the podcast shout out to cat there was like this weird after school foreign language thing at Newfield Elementary School I'm bringing us back and then I'll bring us back to high school but for some reason I have yes yeah Teddy's eyes popped up it was just this one image in my head of you and a young cat you Dane, and you're both probably like in first second or third grade or something and you're the cutest things ever and that is like kind of my first memory of you but then yes fast forward to high school and we do share a great creative history and number one marching band I was the drum major for two years Teddy was a faithful member of our color guard Mm -hmm. and then the other side of it which is your wheelhouse theater side of it I was a faithful member of our pit uh for our musicals i played clarinet played sax one time and this is not an exaggeration teddy was always a standout in uh, whatever show he was in and so i remember the whiz and then my senior year your junior was uh once on this island uh so you're dude i just love our history and i love the artist that you were and are yeah uh, yeah two shows that i am very appropriate for um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> without a um, doubt.
1: But yes, of course. And wait, were, you were in the pit for you were in the pit for Guys and Dolls too, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. I was just telling my wife the story about the Obadiah. Uh, the Obadiah. Oh
0: my (laughs) goodness. And shout out, of course, right now to the thousands of mutual friends we have in common from Stanford, Connecticut. I hope each and every one of them is listening. Absolutely. Like we share a mutual, very close
1: friend, Josh Seti. Josh was my very close friend from doing theater outside of school and kind of doing theater at school. But then you guys knew each other from like the music and marching band world. And you guys were really close. And so we just kind of came together and instantly we were like, okay, there's this mutual connection. So there's already like a bit of a shared language, a shared like sense of values. And, oh, you know, gosh. Yeah. And so
0: it, we were immediately able to hit it off. Like I said, it's been a pleasure. We can dive into so many personal things. So <laughs> let me let me fast forward us. So let me get us into the official episode. So I just want to thank you again, officially, my friend, for being a guest on Circle Five. And today we're doing something that's relatively new for the podcast. It's a short form episode. So obviously, that's going to be something that's a little bit quicker, a little bit easier to listen to. But before we dive in, as I mentioned in the intro, I base this podcast off of the idea of five different circles of relationships. So just just to set the table for you and the listeners, circle one is family. Circle two is our connection, like people that you knew from the community where you were raised, kind of your K through 12 years. Circle three is a bit loaded, but it's kind of college years. Any jobs that you've had that are not artistically related and then any social groups in the world, like church, yoga, therapy, or anything like that. Circle four would be your love life. And then circle five is, yeah, the professional creative things, your manager, agents, you know, co-stars or anything that's from your creative world. We may talk about all the circles maybe talk about just a couple of them but i'm excited either way and if you're ready i'm ready would you love to get this thing going officially teddy let's jump in yeah what are you gonna say no and then sign off yeah i'm like see you later <laughs> um yeah do, should i should i just start with uh, circle one or I f- always feel bad teddy i always say this i should have said this to you before we recorded but now it's on the airways it's fine i'm not going to edit it out <laughs> I feel bad because I talk a lot in the beginning and then eventually it's mostly you, you know, in your story. So I will hold your hand a little bit as we get this going. Let's start with your circle five and then we may go back a couple circles. I am open to name dropping or just shouting out what you do because I'm so proud of you. I'm already stepping on your answer. But what is kind of your circle five these days? What is your professional creative life?
1: Uh, Yeah, so right now I am one of the puppeteers and the puppet captain in Little Shop of Horrors off-Broadway. It's the hit revival. Uh, We've been open since 2019. I am an original cast member. I'm one of the remaining original cast members in the production currently and not only do i perform the puppets and maintain the puppetry as like the puppet captain but i also understudy orin the dentist so i get to do quite a lot in the show and uh, yeah that's like that's my current thing so i've seen a lot of people come in i've helped set a lot of people in the show like my job as an understudy is usually like there in rehearsal and i i'm there with the new people to like show them like this is how this is and i teach them about the puppetry how they interact with it but also as the dentist i'm like this is you know this is this moment i'm not you know there's a director and a stage manager to help set them. But, you know, I can give them the kind of institutional knowledge. So yeah, I've been with that show since 2019 and it's afforded me some incredible opportunities. It's like definitely like one of the biggest Things I've done so far. I've never been in a commercial off-Broadway run like this, where I'm doing eight shows a week, and uh, I've done over 800 performances at this point, um, which is the most I've done anything. And I've gotten to do some amazing things, like we recorded a Grammy-nominated cast album. I've gotten to perform on the Tonight Show twice (laughs) with the cast and with the puppetry. It's awesome. Uh, Yeah, and like there have just been like incredible people who have come to see it, stars and VIPs and like important people, like just from the world that have come to see it, which is like amazing to get to see people that you know, and they're coming to see you at work and they're, you know, everyone just like fawning over like what you do creatively. It's like an incredible feeling. And also like the incredible artists that we've had join the show. I mean, I've gotten to work with amazing like Broadway veterans, like Christian Borle, Jonathan Groff, Matt Doyle, who's RC more currently, Tammy Blanchard, amazing folks. And then like up and comers too, like Maud Apatow, who just played Audrey and she's a wonderful actor. Oh, Rob McClure. Rob McClure also like one of my like theatrical heroes. It's been an incredible journey of, like, coming into my own as an artist, but also, like, getting to actually meet my heroes and getting to, like, share the stage with them. And, you know, it's been it's been wonderful. Uh,
0: It's truly been like a dream come true. Teddy, yeah, it's been incredible to witness and watch that journey. And thanks for sharing all of the people and connections that are around it, because I do want to ask kind of another Circle Five question that comes with that. And this is great because I know you from us literally growing up. But yeah, as your friend, you know, learning about your professional life is always really interesting as well. So you mentioned your co-stars, but from a professional standpoint, the connection to how you got there, was that through an agent? Like, how did you audition for that? What was the connection that got you from what you were doing before to, okay, now he's in Little Shop of Horrors?
1: That's a great question. Uh, the I got this audition for this show because of a connection through other puppet people that I worked with. So I had done a couple of productions of Little Shop before this Uh, off-Broadway one. And each of those times, I had gotten in contact with uh, some other puppeteers that I knew that I'd worked with. Uh, I understudied somebody. His name is Mark Petrosino. His company is Monkey Boys Productions, and they're known for doing a lot of their... um, doing a lot of puppetry for SNL now. Um, They do a lot of the, like, large props and specialty things. And his company also has produced a couple of sets of uh, rental puppets for Little Shop of Horrors because they had worked on the Broadway version uh, years ago. And so I I had contacted him with like, you know, do you have any tips and pointers about building this thing? Or what are things to be considerate of? And we had worked together as performers as well. And so I kind of got this audition notice out of the blue. And I thought, wait, how did they how did they know who I was? Like, this is like a star studded cast. And... My friend messaged me and said, hey, did you get a, you know, did you get an audition request? And I was like, oh, of course. And it turns out that they were building the puppets for it. And they had been asked, who are some people that you'd
0: recommend to operate it? That's how I got it. That's so very, very cool, my friend. So you're in Little Shop of Horrors now. That's kind of your circle five thing. But just quick hitters, because what I'd like to do before we kind of get into how your work-life balance is going and your insights on that, let's just set the stage for the listeners of kind of, the, these other circles and these relationships in your life. So to jump back to circle four, your current relationship status, weird way to say it, because you are currently... Married. Yes, sir. Congratulations. And that was as of what year again?
1: Uh, 2019. 2019. I got married, actually, while Little Shop of Horrors was opening.
0: Very, very cool. And I already know the answer. So shout out to your wife, Allison. I know her name. So I definitely hope she's listening. So you are married. That's obviously going on in your life. (laughs) But then Circle 3, how about some of those extracurriculars? Are there some hobbies you have right now? I saw you playing guitar in a recent post. What are some of the other things that kind of make up your days right now?
1: Yeah, I definitely... uh, One of my biggest hobbies is playing like tabletop role-playing games. I love Dungeons & Dragons. Um, I I, I played that with a lot of lot of different friends. I used to actually play in a game store when I back when I lived in Queens. Uh, there was this place in Astoria that is no longer there called the Geekery HQ, and uh, I used to play that with a bunch of friends. And other things that are taking up my time right now are uh, I'm also enrolled in this online wooden puppet academy, which is something I kind of picked up during the pandemic. I mean it's still creatively based, but uh, in it like there's this is coterie of puppet artists from around the world studying with this guy in Iceland who's kind of like a master puppet builder of wooden puppets. And so I'm also like, that's, that's something that I'm kind of doing. It's uh, sort of more on my own schedule, but that's, that's another thing that's like taking up a lot of my time. I love it,
0: man. Th- that's really fantastic. And so, yeah, I guess the question to kind of dive into the whole work-life creative balance thing, you know, what is a, a typical week look like for you? I don't know how an off-Broadway rehearsal schedule goes, you know, just kind of paint a picture for us of, yeah, what's, what's a typical Sunday to Sunday, like for Teddy Udain's life in New York City right now?
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the schedule is pretty brutal, <laughs> honestly. Uh, we, we perform eight shows a week in six days. So uh, Monday is the the day off officially. And then Tuesday through Sunday, we have performances. Uh, right now, we're doing two shows a day on um, Saturday and two shows on Sunday. So usually, like, my day starts at, like, you know, 6 p.m. for, like, a 7 p.m. show. The show's only two hours. And then I'm out. And then on a on a two show day, though, I have to get there usually around like 1pm for a 2pm show. And then like, we'll have an 8pm show. And then uh, so like, I'm kind of out all day. Sometimes I can make it home in between. And then, you know, there's social things afterwards on a Sunday night. It's the end of the week, people like to go out for drinks. And then also, as far as rehearsal goes, um, we have rehearsals scheduled Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, they're kind of blocked in there. But we're not always rehearsing. It depends on if we're putting a new person into a role, or if we're kind of brushing things up, or if there's a special thing coming. Coming up, so uh, not necessarily always in rehearsal. It, it generally usually happen on Thursdays and Fridays, but that's another four hour chunk, usually like they're blocked from like 1230 to 430. And then you have a little
0: time for dinner. And then you come back for the show. Oh, man, it is. uh It sounds like a busy life. But I know you're having the time of your life. I can tell through social media and the social media can at times skew what we have going on. So I will kind of let's get into the meat of it. Let's go for it. I think the best way I always want to set this up and, and ask is to kind of quantify it. If you could give yourself a scale of one to 10 one being I am just all over the place 10 being I've got everything scheduled. and I'm perfect. Kind of give yourself a grade. Teddy, I mean, what do you feel like is going well for you? Maybe you need to work on, but if you give yourself a grade for your work-life creative balance these days and the other relationships, how do you feel like you're doing?
1: Oh, I think right now, I know. Hmm, I would say maybe like a four or a five. Okay, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh And I have been making some changes recently, but I definitely know that there's like work to be done. The, the biggest thing right now is that um, my wife and I have totally opposite schedules. She she works a nine to five at this job for a like financial tech company, which was sort of a temp survival job that became more of a regular thing. Um And so it's completely opposite schedules. The only time that we have together really is are like the hours after my show while she's like struggling to stay awake. Uh, And I'm kind of like coming down from the show and I'm just totally amped up (laughs) every once in a while when she's able to work from home. Like we'll have those hours together, even though she's, you know, in the office doing stuff. So yeah, definitely that. And right now, I'm also trying to be a little bit better about taking time off from the show and actually scheduling vacation. We actually we planned a vacation coming up in about a month for the two of us uh, to go away. We're going to Cancun, which is very exciting. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Yes. And I have a couple of other things coming up too, like weddings and bachelor parties and, and things like that, like I'm trying to be better about actually taking time out to see my friends and see my family and take some time away from the show because uh, the the schedule is grueling and it, it, it took me a little while to realize how it was affecting me just having like a day off a week all the time. So, yeah, I think like room for improvement still is like planned time off, actually giving myself giving myself that time off. But I also think that I, you know, I think I'm doing better about it. I do feel a little bit more connected to my people. And there are plenty of ways that I uh, take time for myself and uh,
0: make time for others. I think that's yeah, fantastic. And I can relate to that, especially the days off part. I think there's a lot of times, this is why I'm making the podcast because my life balance isn't fantastic. So there are times it's so strange. I almost feel guilty taking a day off. And that's that's really sad. And I don't think any profession, I'm shouting this just out on the airways. whether you're an artist or not, it's like a day off is allowed. You know, I think we're kind of workaholics in America. I guess the follow-up to that, and thank you for that answer. And I, I hope your Cancun trip is amazing. You know, are there any apps right now, I remember you were into Headspace for a while. I remember you posting about that. But are there any tools in particular that you're using to kind of keep things? Are you like a Google Calendar person? Or you just kind of fly by the seat of your pants every day, you kind of know what's coming up? Or are there ways that you really like organize your, you know, time and your days and your schedule? Yeah,
1: I, um, I right now, I just use like my iCal app. I'll, I'll like, I whenever something comes up, I make sure that I put it in the calendar. And, uh, and I have a few other things that like, kind of keep me looking at my calendar. I'm, I'm generally like actually, not a person who tends to write things down. But I have a few, I have a lot more things now in my life that kind of keep me on a schedule and keep me like fairly regular. I mean, one of the things is, you know, talking to a therapist regularly, I speak my therapist once a week, and then uh, I'm actually part of this group um, that my therapist put together towards the beginning of the quarantine back in 2020, called artists in the time of COVID. And uh, my therapist is somebody who works specifically with performing artists. And she had a lot of clients that were obviously out of work and struggling and dealing with a lot of changes. Uh, And so she put together this this group a place where people could talk about what was going on and how they were feeling and what they were experiencing that was a weekly thing and it still is going on to this day we've been at it for like three years but having more of these weekly things and like appointments uh outside of the show because the show i I just know i know what time i have to be there but having these other appointments uh that are pretty regular is another thing that keeps me keeps me on track and keeps me looking at things and actually saying like okay what what am i what am i doing am i free things like that so those are helpful i definitely i used to use the headspace app i haven't used it in a little while but uh I do, I do love the Headspace app for meditation and, and stuff like that. I, I, that is something that I would love to uh, fold back into my schedule a little bit more.
0: Oh, I love it, man. I love it. And uh, that's so funny because meditation came up as a topic uh, with my last guest. So maybe that's on my mind and it it probably is a very powerful tool. It's something that not that I'm hesitant to do, but I think my brain hasn't settled down enough just to do it. Yeah. Because the couple of times I've tried it with like the Headspace app, it's really, really helpful. We're actually going to get into a break pretty soon, but right before we go into it, quick hitter for you. And maybe it's not a quick hitter, but I'll just ask it. I always have this adage in my head, Teddy, of 30 hours in a day. If there were just six more hours in a day, there's all these things that I would do. And my example is, I swear I'm going to be fluent in French someday. Took it in school, love French. Do I practice with fluent French speakers? No, I play around in the Duolingo app. I have no idea when and how I'm going to become fluent in French. But is there a habit like that or something in your head that you say, man, if I had just a couple extra hours in the day, I would love to be doing this, practicing this or becoming. Yeah, I
1: think um, the first thing that popped in my head was playing more guitar. Um, And that's something that I've kind of gotten back into more recently. It's something I put down for a little while. But uh, I I played in a a cabaret show recently uh, in New York, a brief little one minute song. And it'd been the first time in a while that I played it. And I thought, gosh, like I, I forgot how much I love playing music. I've been playing guitar since I was a child, like since I was like 12 or 13, but I'm not nearly as good as somebody who would have been playing and practicing regularly for 25 years. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, I think if I had a few more hours in the day, I would just be practicing
0: every single day and just like just doing that. I think that's fantastic, man. Well, this is going to be a good time to take a quick break. This is the Circle 5 podcast and a conversation with my friend Teddy Udane. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back to the Circle 5 podcast. Teddy, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Uh, I love having you here. And uh, full disclosure for the listeners, we had some technical snafus during the break, but we're back and we're killing it. And I wanted to get back into what you were saying right before the break. Uh, one of your extra time things is guitar. I love that. And yeah, remind me again, what was the last gig you just posted? Because I loved your vulnerability in that post on Instagram. You basically were saying like, look, I have not sung in front of people or played my guitar and sung in front of people in a very, very long time. What was that event about again? And again, in the spirit of the podcast, what were the relationships that led you to doing that?
1: It was this uh, show produced at uh, Feinstein's 54 Below, uh, which is this cabaret space in New York City, uh, right below Studio 54. It was called 545454. 54, 54. It was, I believe, the fifth year of them doing this show. But the idea is there are 54 performers doing 54 seconds of a song performing at 54 Below. And, uh, so everybody just gets kind of carte blanche of what they want to do. They have a list of things that have been performed in the past. I think they are ideas that everything, everybody's doing something that hasn't been done before. So they give you a list of things that have been previously performed. And I got this idea to perform that song that's really big on TikTok or was really big on TikTok like a couple of weeks ago. The if I were a fish song, like if I were a fish and you caught me, you'd say, look at that fish. I was so in love with this song. It made me smile so much, and I really loved it. And they were playing the guitar, and I was like, wow, that's an easy guitar song. It's so uplifting. I thought of the way it made me feel, and I was like, that's what I want to do for this show. And it was, like, perfectly... 54 seconds long, I decided I'm going to play this song and because it's definitely something easy enough that I will feel confident playing on stage. But yeah, it was still my first time playing guitar in front of a live audience in many, many years. And uh, I gave myself a little thing to do at the end, just like a little a little tag at the end, a little bit of like a picking and... I totally fumbled at the at the end zone, but like it was totally fine. It was a very supportive space. I still felt really really great about it, but also still hitting lots of uh, like uh, lots of fumbles too. In the sound check, I they said, "Oh yeah, you can plug in your plug in your guitar right here," and I was like, "Oh great!" And I turned my guitar up and hit myself on the nose with the underside of the guitar and had a big old black and blue right on the bridge of my nose. Oh, and I thought, hey, that's that's an idiot, Mark." <laughs> no,
0: no, not at all. You know, in in the spirit of that full disclosure, I just said because Teddy and I were trying to get our Zoom connection back together. And this is what happens when you do creative things. It always just seems like around performances or, you know, recording things that some snafu, you know, ends up happening. So thank you for sharing that. And I hope your guitar playing continues, my man. I mean, it's just so always good to see you out there as an artist in in the various forms. Uh, I do want to jump in to... I I just I'm going to belabor this theme to really drive it home and be annoying about it. Something I focus on sometimes is what I call a circle six, uh, which is a relationship with humanity or the world at large. So there's so many things that go on outside of us being creative just in our world or they're part of us being creative. Things like writer strikes. Race is still a challenge in this country. uh, Gun rights, women's rights and abortion, you know, fighting for the queer community and their equality. I consider all that stuff circle six things, Teddy. So what is the topic on your mind right now that kind of is outside of you that takes up some of your headspace day to day? What's kind of a social cause uh, that you're focused in or interested in on these days? Uh,
1: something that I'm confronted with all the time, just living in New York, uh, taking public transit is uh, the homelessness problem or like people who are unhoused and like, you know, with that is wealth disparity and access to social services and, and things like that. And I feel like that's also, you know, lumped in with healthcare. and stuff. But uh, I mean, one of the things that I do in the show, actually, is I play uh, one of the one of the homeless people on Skid Row in Little Shop of Horrors. And I have to lie on stage at the top of the show as you know, uh, under under a pile of trash and walking to work like I see people who are like on the sidewalk and uh, people who are really experiencing this. And there's a part of me that really feels like, you know, it's it's kind of played for a little bit of a laugh in the show. But I'm like, this really is like so many people's reality. And there's so many people struggling. And uh, it's a it's a really Really tough thing to be confronted with every day. And like I said, like, it's such a multifaceted issue, like healthcare, like, and where can people get access to mental health care and things like that, and it's, uh, you know, and, and drug problems and things. But it really, that's something that like occupies a lot of space. Because, you know, I think part of the way to survive in the city is to like, you can't help everybody. And like, you know, the idea of like putting your own mask on first a little bit, but it is a, it's a, it's a difficult thing to see people struggling like that all the time. And it really reminds me how fortunate I am for all the kind of things that I have in my life and all the things that have gone well for me and you know, just wealth from my family, like institutional wealth sort of or inherited wealth. So that's, that's something that really, it, it touches my heartstrings every day. And if I were to do something, I would love to be able to do something in that arena, I think.
0: That was a beautiful answer. I don't even need or have a follow-up to that because I can relate a thousand percent, obviously, here in Los Angeles. I think we've crossed, I mean, it's been the five figures for a long time, but I think we're somewhere in the 70,000s, you know, that many people unhoused in Los Angeles. And it's almost, you know, it's almost like a destination for homeless people to come. I've heard things about they will bus homeless people from other states and just pretty much drop them off here in Los Angeles. And they just end up in Santa Monica and, you know, Ocean Avenue. So I just thank you for that. And I think that is important in the spirit of the podcast and our headspace and our relationships i think it gets back to that 30 hours in a day thing yeah i mean it's like inevitably we're going to be connected and drawn to our world especially as creative people i i don't mean to stereotype creative people but i'm sure you'll agree with this that we're more sensitive we're more perceptive so thank you for that answer i think that was you know exactly right and and very very well said um you know let's move into, I'm going to go a little deeper here, you know, about uh, this podcast and and my motivation for making it. And we're already talking about it a little bit. But again, it is this idea of headspace. And as it relates to the idea of circles, my question for every guest is, do you ever experience collisions of circles? Somehow, Teddy, for me, it became something I was very more aware of and very, it was very pointed for me. As I said it earlier in the first half, it's really interesting to see your friends get into their adult and their professional life. And something that happens to me is it can really happen at times when I'm honed in creatively. I'm working either on the podcast or I'm writing or, you know, just doing something trying to push my creativity forward. And then I will get a ping in the text message. And it could be I'm not going to name any names, but like, you know, it'll be some offhand joke about something that happened in high school. Or, you know, it could be just something that happened from the past. And it feels completely out of place. And it kind of pulls at my identity. This is, again, a long question, a long lead in. But to me, that's kind of the heart of this podcast and where it began for me was like, I noticed that happening a lot. And my boundaries are terrible. So I kind of get thrown into a, a tailspin. I think, wait, am i high school mallory right now or wait no i'm present i'm mallory in los angeles and i'm an adult so finally i'll turn that over to you and and ask you do you experience that have you experienced that and if you do, how do you handle that? You're probably much better at it than I am.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm better at it necessarily, but yeah, I say that the collisions like that happen have happened a lot um, because I'm still very close with a lot of people that we grew up with, like the high school group and everything. And um, yeah, sometimes like we get together and there are there are stories of like, oh, remember when you said this? Remember when you did this? And like, and I'm automatically like, oh god, like I what was I thinking? And yeah. <laughs> and I really am like that was a. Like that that was a different person almost or I'm like that is that is not who I who I want to be, but'm and it's so yeah, like owning the past like that and uh, and and then like rectifying that with the person that I am now. Um, I guess like it makes me more aware of my journey and I guess how far I've come, and I think that's like something to be celebrated. Another thing too is um my, my parents as well and my circle one, my parents are both uh, artists as well and both actors, and they're very active in our community theater in uh, in Stanford. And they for many, many years, I mean, they're still they're so supportive of my of my career. And I, I'm I'm like living the dream for them. They, they very much are so happy that I'm doing it. And I think like there is definitely something for them of like me, like living, living a life that they didn't necessarily get to do. But it was a little difficult at times, or it, it's been difficult. Sometimes they would say, oh, have you looked at this thing? They would, they used to send me audition notices. Wow. Um, <laughs> and it was for things, <laughs> it was for things that um was their idea of the performer that they thought I was, or like, it was their idea of me as a performer. I was in high school or, or in college or, you know, special skills and things that I didn't have. But they were like, oh, but you can, you can do that. You could do anything. And I was like, it's, it was like peak supportive parent, but at the same time, I, I, you know, at that time, I realized that I have to really, I had like kind of set some boundaries for myself to say, like, no, their idea of me, that's fine. That's the idea of me that lives in their head, but I, I am my own. I think that's something I've been working on with my therapist too, is like that sense of self not coming from other
0: people. Um, I think that's like a big thing for a lot of performing artists. Thank you for that. I, Yeah, that's like a a warm hug for me just to understand that, yeah, it's not just me, that other artists do go through that. And I I absolutely can relate. My dad is similar in a way of, like you said, it's the peak of parental love. He'll set you on a pedestal and say, you can do that thing. You can do that thing, even if it's not in my headspace currently. So I totally 1000% related to that. And yeah, thank you so much for bringing up your therapist and what you work on in therapy with them, because that's something I wanted to ask you about for your episode It's kind of your personal topic. A few months ago, I can't remember exactly when you were very open and honest and transparent on social media about needing to take some time for your mental health. And as your friend, I was honestly a little concerned for you. But obviously, as we're recording today, you sound and look very, very healthy. But if you don't mind sharing, you know, in the spirit of the podcast and talking about headspace and relationships. If you don't mind telling us about that moment, what led to that? Was there kind of a, you know, a, a bottom in a way? Or was there just this moment you said, look, I, I got to take some time for my mental health. And yeah, if you don't mind sharing that with us.
1: Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I'll say that part of the reason that I wanted to share that was because I was, you know, I eventually sought out like a therapist and eventually said yes to medication for uh, like anxiety stuff, because I had friends that were so open about it. It was it was so helpful for me, like getting rid of the stigma to just have people talking openly and honestly about it. Uh, yeah, that's why I, I was kind of trying to pay it forward a little bit in that way, because like people see me and have an idea that like, oh, Teddy's great. He's got a great job. He's living his dream and like everything's okay. And like, but people are struggling silently and you may not know it. And for me, uh, it manifested my anxiety as like a physical thing. I thought I was having like these stomach issues. And then I was talking to my therapist about it and they were like, you know, this might be anxiety. Like you might want to get on some, and I was experiencing also these kind of like panic attacks almost on stage where I was, uh, in the moment before performance, uh, even on stage. Cause there are moments where I'm on stage, but in the puppet and not moving. And there'd be moments where like, I, I was kind of, my head was spinning and I was, uh, my heart would be beating fast. I'd be sweating and just thinking like, I can't do this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to be sick. I'm, it's like you know something's going to happen, and I I'm gonna, I'm going to be stuck in this puppet. And like I, she recommended like maybe getting on some medication, and I I was very hesitant at first, but um I've been on it now for about a year, and it's been good. It's definitely you know there've been ups and downs and stuff, but I found something that uh, seems to be working for me at least right now. And I think that I was able to after a couple of like episodes of like anxiety, depression, uh, uh, noticing patterns and stuff. I think for me. The thing was noticing that I uh, there were like attachment issues and like deals issues with change, like a lot of these things seemed to happen for me when uh, my very close friends at work were leaving, they would be leaving the show for professional reasons or or whatever. But it, it was I realized there was these people that were part of my very tight knit support group in the show who had kind of become a little bit I think like maybe like deeper than just like work friends. And with them leaving, and uh, I think attached to that were these fears of what would happen to me if I left and, like, you know, dealing with the I- dealing with the idea and the thought of um, leaving this show. And I realize I've attached a lot of my identity to doing this show. Like, it's my dream. It's the thing that I came here to do and all these things. And, uh, you know, thinking it would last forever and realizing that not actually what I wanted to do and recognizing that the show itself has also changed over the course of four years. It's not, it's not the same group of artists that put it together. And it's also, it's becoming a different thing. And now instead of this new exciting project, it's, it's my day job that I've been going to for four years. And so uh, rectifying like those changes. So yeah, I think for me, it's, it's like dealing with change and it's my body telling me that I I need a change and, uh, and that, you know, I, I can't just keep going forward saying like, everything's okay. Once I started verbalizing, I think I might, uh, you know, I think I might need a break or, um, you know, maybe this end of the contract is maybe I don't renew at the end of this contract. Maybe I look for the next thing and realizing that, um, I, I'm not getting the same fulfillment as I used to. And then hearing the, all the voices in your head saying like, Oh, but like, but what about your finances? Like, this is a stable job. And, you know, isn't this great for your career? What about the opportunities? And, you know, why would you say no to a sure thing? Like all those, you know, and the fear of going
0: back into the audition pool. It's just, it's a scary place. Uh Teddy, that was so fantastic. And I want to stay true to the short form of the podcast, but I would love to have you back because there were so many wonderful things you just said in there that I wanted to ask you more about. But I will start to land our plane uh, for this episode and just ask you open ended advice just to wrap us up. A guy like me, any artist out there, just a, a quick shot of, of advice for work life and creative balance from what you just shared with us and from what you've learned in the last few years. What do you have for our listeners? How would you handle collisions of circles in general or just, you know, maintaining a more balanced uh, experience?
1: I think the best piece of advice that I can give is do not be afraid of being a burden that the people in your life that love you want to share the burden with you. And they want to hear what you have to say. And they want to hear what you're feeling. That's the best way that people can help you and give you what you want. Like, you know, no one's a mind reader. Um, But not only that, but like trusting that the things that you would do for these people are the same thing that they want to do for you. Like, I think like some people think like, oh, no, I couldn't ask them to do that. But if, if they were to ask you, you'd say absolutely no question. And trust that other people can make choices for themselves and that they can say
0: no and they can also like put up their own boundaries. Uh, That's so perfect. And as always, I end with two very quick hitters. They can be one word answers if you need them to be. But in the next 30 days, I need more what? Fill in the blank. Ooh, in these next 30 days, I need more sunshine. Sounds good. (laughs) In these next 30 days, I need more sunshine. Very nice. And then the reciprocal. uh, In the next 30 days, I need less.
1: In the next 30 days, I need less. Oh, I don't know.
0: Of. Uh, no right or wrong answer. You're good. Um, yeah, there's no right. Ra- I need less worry about what other people think. There it is, my friend. I respect that so much. And let's say shout out any of the social media or internet things. Where can our listeners find you and look for a Teddy Udane out there?
1: Uh, you can find me on www.teddyudane.com. It's just my basic actor website. It's got some photos and some, uh, you know, resume stuff. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram at Teddy underscore Uh, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not very active there. Same thing, Teddy Udane. And I'm also on TikTok. I'm starting to do a few more TikTok videos, but it's really, uh, I don't have, you know,
0: very many up there. Well, everyone look for Teddy there. I'm going to put all that in his show description as well. This has been so great, my friend. Thank you, Teddy, for joining me. You left me with so many more questions I want to ask you. So I hope you'll join me on the podcast again sometime and we can dive more into work life and creative balance. Uh, Thanks for being with me, my friend.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'd be happy to come back. Uh, Yeah,
0: I, I realize I love talking about this stuff. Thank you so much for listening to this short-form episode of The Circle Five Podcast, a conversation with Teddy Udane, actor and puppeteer from New York, New York. Before I sign off, I'd love to ask you to like, subscribe, leave a review, follow, or do whatever you can to help you stay connected to this podcast. My not-so-subtle goal with Circle 5 is to champion artists and the arts. And I look forward to sharing more episodes with you with diverse artists from different backgrounds and disciplines. Feedback for the podcast is welcome. If you have any questions or comments, or if you personally know an artist that you think would make a great guest, or you yourself are an artist, and the topic of this podcast or this episode in particular spoke to you, I'd love to hear from you. My email is mallory at circle5podcast.com. That's M-A-L-L-U-R-Y at circle, the number five, podcast.com. Send me a message sometime, and I'd love to connect. Thanks again for listening. My name is Mallory Patrick Pollard, and this has been the Circle 5 Podcast. Conversations with artists and creative professionals about life balance. God bless, and take care until next time.